0: oh luke it's good uh, to see you <laughs>
1: here we
0: are here we are we're doing right. it again one more round
1: 396 episodes hope you enjoy your shit everyone so you're not at home <laughs> no i'm recording at emily bryant's house in illustrious phoenix arizona here for Labor nice. weekend. Very excited to be here. Thrilled to be out west. Big fan of this this place. Love Phoenix. Home away from home.
0: What was your What was your flight
1: like? Terrible. I'm exhausted and a little a bit fried, but I'm actually more slap happy and joyful. So I was supposed <laughs> to get here at eight thirty five Arizona time, which and Phoenix right now Arizona time. It's not a thing. So I'm, I'm Phoenix actually don't change time zones per se. They just like everyone else does, but, but, but they don't. So right now they're in, in Pacific time. And so it'd been like 1130. My, my, my time. Instead, I got here at one 30 in the morning in the Pacific time zone time, which was four 30, my time. So I'm tired.
0: What happened? Did you get the, delayed? Was that the,
1: yeah, yeah, there was some oh, weather out in out Phoenix. They had a uh, called a Haboob, took like a dust storm, which I love saying Haboob. It's pretty crazy when it does happen. It's like in, in, you know, in Independence Day, there's like all those clouds with the like explosions or whatever. It's like uh-huh. that on the ground and in the air, and it's with dirt and dust. And so it like, whenever that happens in a storm, it shuts, like, you know, you can't fly planes through that, obviously. So we got, my flight was maybe about an hour or so outside of Phoenix. We got diverted to Albuquerque, and we were there for maybe two hours, give or give or take. So all in all, I remember my Uber when he when the guy picked me up. I looked at the at, at the time in the car, and it was one thirty, and I was just like, "You have to be kidding me! You have to be kidding me!" Oh, and uh, so yeah, yeah, that was you know it was ended up being an eleven hour. Uh, trip door to door. Actually, it's not even true. A little bit, uh, a little bit longer than, than that, maybe twelve or thirteen hours. Actually, from like my apartment to when I got here. So, uh, yeah, you know, ladies like and gentlemen,
0: we're coming up on a haboob. Uh, we're flying at thirty-five thousand <laughs> feet. We're going to have to divert to uh, Albuquerque. Uh, the haboob is strong. Uh, haboob.
1: Haboob. It's kind of a fun thing to say. Not a perverted thing. Just more of a fun thing. Haboob. It's a playful oh. thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I rarely, flying today is so miserable right now. And so many flights are still, since COVID, have still not, you know, the the getting back on the board, they're just not happening. And so I'm having to take these terrible flights. Oh, man, you got to pray for me with my work stuff. Yesterday, I spent about 13 hours booking flights, sending invoices, creating contracts for the different things that I have. In the next year or so. And, oh, buddy, I'm trying to get a plane ticket. All things you're
1: very good at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But getting plane tickets to for, like, a weekend event, it's like, oh, I get mm-hmm. to leave at 6 a.m. Friday morning in order to get there mm-hmm. on time for my Saturday a.m. event. Because there are no flights anymore. So it's just brutal. Like, you what? know, flying into small cities, small towns, regional airports, you know, brutal. That's getting harder and harder.
1: I've, I found like, yeah, I, I remember, I'm, I'm sure this has always been happening and I'm, you know, we're talking about this with zero data in front of <laughs> us, but is there any other way to do it when you have a, you know, a podcast and some microphones and 400 episodes? 2008, there was a flight from Salt Lake city to Eureka, California. And it's a flight that I, when I was flying from Ohio out to California, that's one, one that I would typically fly into Salt Lake to go to Eureka. And I remember around that time certain, because of the great recession routes were being canceled. And that was one that were, they were going to end. And people were saying that. how that was kind of a big deal because that was like the if you were coming from the East, you always flew to Salt Lake. Then you go to Eureka and It eventually got to the point where people stopped. For for the most part, I stopped flying into Eureka and just flew into San Francisco and would just drive uh, parking in in, San Francisco and drive another five hours. Mm -hmm. It was just easier. It was just, it was, um, it was going to be cheaper and you were, for whatever reason, like flying into Eureka was tough. I mean, whatever reason it's because of the fog and because of the weather. But when you take away a decent amount of your flights that are coming in there, that means that, like, you have, like, there aren't a lot of options. You know, it's like, so, if, if, if this plane can't land, instead of being, like, five other flights that could land now there are only two. Yeah. You know? So, I had it happen. To, I mean, I remember one point in time, we were, like, descending. We were, like, about to land, and they pulled the plane up because they thought they didn't have enough. They weren't uncomfortable with it. And so, yeah, I just, I think, and I think COVID now, uh, 15 years later has, that's, it's funny, just like a lot of the lasting impacts of this and that being one of how many things just got screwed up and how now you're just, your regional airports, like, I don't even know why they exist. I'm sure there are reasons why. That's a little hyperbolic, but I feel like (laughs) everything, I feel like I fly into Chicago now for everything. Oh, every yeah. single thing I oh, fly to, yeah. almost Chicago, and it, it it used to be maybe for fifty percent or so.
0: Yep, I fly into Chicago or into Denver for you mm-hmm. know, basically Eastern Seaboard flights for the uh, except for the the biggest of the big airports. And I've, I'm in Houston's major hub or uh, United's major hub in Houston. It just stinks. I mean, it still has more flights than anyone else, but golly, it's exhausting. I have to book tickets to go to North Dakota. And nice. South Dakota I heard of it, and Portland excellent Portland's a wonderful city, yeah, and so, but all of those you know Portland's just far away mm-hmm. so they have like one flight out, so you're just like, well, if I have to go to this trip, I gotta leave at nine thirty in the morning and get there at you know two thirty for an event that I don't have until the next day, and so you're just it's just stuff like that that when you're a, a full-time speaker who is desperate for events because I'm terrified, it's fine. You realize that, like, oh, okay, Th- this is this is my life now. I lose a whole day, whereas in the past I could take like a seven o'clock flight. You know, four hours on a seven o'clock flight. You get there, yeah, it's late, but you hit up the hotel. You're fine, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's so hard, so hard. Unless you're in a major city, it's difficult. But <clears throat> whatever, everyone, you know, traveling sucks. What's your what's your biggest travel
1: nightmare? Ooh. I, I've actually, I mean, okay. Let's take out like the plane crashing or something bad happening. Yeah, that would to me that well that would be the worst. Like, obviously. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like, let, let me yeah, rephrase yeah.
0: that. What's the worst thing that's happened to you?
1: Christmas was pretty bad. Um, oh my gosh, that was horrific. I just remembered that. Yeah, and that was that's a hell story. In hi- yeah, in hindsight, like it's like you know I was with Everly at the airport on Christmas Day. She was you know two and a half or. 12 hours that was that was but like i didn't know it was it was so like it was death by paper cuts with this because it was every half hour our flight time was being pushed back by 15 minutes so you were never quite ready to board yeah that was pretty bad i've I've had a lot of them flying into eureka i feel like there's I'm, i'm missing um something
0: my One of my favorite story. I was flying into a regional airport, and the person who was the, not the TSA agent, but one of the gate agents, <laughs> we go we go back, and then that person ran in front of everyone that they checked in, and <laughs> ran to the gate, and then checked us all in on our, so they were the, yeah, they were the TSA security person, and then they were the, the gate ticket agent person, you know, it was, and they're like, hold on, hold on, let me get there, and they ran in. That was awesome. I love small airports. Oh, my gosh,
1: That's, I would say probably the craziest one was when that, that stress I was telling you about when the plane was, it was we were like descending and then we didn't. We had we yeah. were rerouted to Redding, California, which about three and a half hours outside of Eureka. And they were like, sorry, this is where we're going to land. Good luck getting back. I mean, pretty much that's what they said. Like, you can run a car if you have to. And so, <laughs> I was, you know, young and didn't have a lot of money. It was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, cars were about three or five hundred dollars, yeah. to get. And so, which was just, it was. I, I I understand. Like, there's a bit of a you need to create scarcity, or you're going to be out. You know, <laughs> so there's a little bit of like, right, right. it was just. I ended up driving back with like these two young rabbis who were like from the area, but were living in Israel, and some other random <laughs> dude. They were just like, "Do you want to go back with us?" And I was like, "Yep." And so I don't know what else I would have done I probably, because I just like I would have probably have just I mean I would have tried to get in the car, I guess, but it just was so crazy. And that was I remember it's being in the car, drive, like the drive from from Amreading um, to Eureka. You go know, on this route in California called Night. I think it's two ninety nine, and it's just the windiest. If you don't know, it it can be really kind of unnerving because it's just a bunch of like, I'm talking like you're going around this curve and you can't see the other end. Like you can't see where you're going at all. And so, and people who are from the area, they get really annoyed. People who aren't. So the first time that I drove (laughs) it, I was like, what is this? This is awful. Yeah. And I've had a couple times where like, you know, again, like a lot of been flying into, into California flight gets canceled because of the weather or something and you're just stuck outside of LAX. I've had horror. I've had a lot of LAX horror stories. One where I ended up outside, like out, like in like the passenger pickup spot and be like, how did I get here? I don't understand how I I went the way they took, they told me to, I didn't go through, I didn't go through anything like a, like where you get, get your, tickets are like the other part of like the other side of baggage claim where people are coming out but somehow i'm now outside how did this happen how did this happen my
0: uh my my horror story consisted of looking down because i felt something hit my elbow and i thought oh it's like a little kid maybe is sitting behind me and it was a grown-ass woman with her shoes and socks off and her toes were touching my arm because she was putting her feet on her on my armrest
1: was she trying to put the moves on no. on my Gomer? No. Have you met me? No one does that. Oh, that's not true. No, do you there's... remember at that one wedding where the guy's girlfriend who they broke up was hitting on you hardcore?
0: No, I do not remember that. What
1: wedding are you talking about? Please rekindle my... Carter's word. wedding. Do you remember his, like, his buddy, his girlfriend was there, and they were like either breaking up, or they already had, but he's still broader. Listen, and let me say sh- something.
0: I, yeah. at that time in my life, if I wasn't dating Shannon at the time, would happily, <laughs> happily have been someone's rebound. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm lonely, and, and and no, you're just using me for emotional support, but I'm okay with that.
1: What You, what know, you know what Cheryl Crow 20, says, every it-
0: day is a winding road.
1: <laughs> what, like, I, 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 okay, I'm just gonna call call a spade a spade. What guy wouldn't want to be a, re- a rebound?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Guys who are looking I for long term relationships with men, men with virtue, maybe?
1: Yeah, but like, even then, like, <laughs> I don't know if I, yeah. like, I just, I don't know. I don't, I can't think of one conversation I've ever had with a dude who's just like, she's just, I'm using me as a rebound and that sucks. <laughs> most of the time it's like yeah it's probably gonna gonna go anywhere which is code (laughs) for like i see what's happening i probably shouldn't be doing this but here i am
0: yeah yeah i need to pull the ripcord on this one this is (laughs) gonna leave an ugliness but uh nah i'll get while the getting's good (laughs) exactly I'll get some while the getting's good (laughs) that's unfortunate (laughs) you know man you know we're interesting fellas we're interesting fellas
1: there's There's pretty simple (laughs) Pretty (laughs) pretty simple what why, why do you think that is? Why do you think, particularly in your 20s, I'd be more aware of that in my 30s. In my 20s, I would be aware of it, but it wouldn't be on as on the forefront of my mind, and I truly would not have cared.
0: I think we're still like teenagers dominated by hormones at that point. Must yeah. mate, must couple, must do whatever. I, I do. You know, I'm one of those guys that I'm very persuaded by evolutionary based behavior claims you know like i like those i I, Mm -hmm. I i'm very intrigued by them Mm -hmm. a lot of people will say things like oh that's stupid you know it's all fiction or it's all made up or how can you prove it scientifically but things like you know for you know men were hunters women were gatherers women had babies the younger the healthier the more the younger the women had the babies the easier their pregnancies could have gone blah 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 and then men what were men's jobs to go out in large groups of men to be silent on a hunt for most of the day to then hunt kill bring back and party right like and I, I'm like oh okay so that's what I want to do in my 20s <laughs> right and then I I think that leaves a lasting imprint I really do I think things like that etch themselves in our cranium in a in very deep and
1: genetic ways I don't think you're wrong I mean, like, I, I th- I'm I, definitely more, I, I'm a bit more on the camp of, like, how do you really know that? Right. So I, I think I would hold it loosely, but it definitely is a thing that I don't think you should discard either. Yeah. I remember, like, Chris Hardwick used to do that a lot on the Nerdist podcast. It always would kind of bother because I'm like, you're talking like this is a fact, and I don't think this is, this is actually <laughs> yeah. a fact, but it is a thing to think about, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember one time Colbert was on The View. Don't ask me why I was watching either. And he said, this is back when he was still funny. He said, <laughs> someone's like, oh, I'm just so scared of spiders. Oh, ick. And then he said, well, you know, that kept you alive. And she said, what? And he's like, yeah, you know, like, evolutionarily speaking, fear of spiders because they could bite you translates to the, the people who are the most afraid of spiders, avoid them at all costs. Therefore, they don't get bitten by spiders. And same with snakes and other. You know terrifying creatures of the night and he's like so our fear caused us to want to drive them out of our caves out of our homes out of our huts out of our teepees and that's what kept you alive and you're like okay like me okay yeah but is it <laughs> you know like there's always this little the little realm of uh historical fiction that that happens but if you think about it, like I think about it in terms of well like look at it the reverse right so when men don't have a, like a very clear goal and purpose, Right, and when they aren't in community with other men, then they tend to shrivel as human persons. And mm-hmm. I, I honestly think to this day, like the thing I am most grateful for is I have had sane men, present company excluded, in my life,
1: my whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that is fair. We are both probably mutually de- destructive for the other if left <laughs> completely <laughs> alone with each other.
0: With each Yeah. <laughs> we are slowly destroying each other's lives so that we will be the only thing that we have left. <laughs> <laughs> All I have is Luke. All I have is Luke.
1: Excellent. Excellent. This is what we have been reduced to. This is it. <laughs> yeah, I know I think that's actually an interesting thing because like I remember okay, so do you remember when Okay, let's 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 do a like let's let's kinda like revisit our twenties for for a bit here. It's always we we haven't done that in like in like a while. We made a lot of money off of that around 2017. Luke, Um, I feel like
0: you do that every episode. Go on. It has been a while. Okay.
1: (laughs) 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 That's probably true. Like when I was dating a certain person, we used to call her She Who Shall Not Be Named. Uh, Go on. I remember like being in the car with you talking about her and just being like, man, this really really just oh gosh. But there was never this overall like sense of there was never like an intervention point. Like only Maggie truly intervened and said, "If you don't stop talking to her, I'm not going to talk to you again." Or like, sorry, <laughs> definitely like she she said, "If you date her, I don't ever want to hear about it." I, I remember this Facebook message. I was like, "Yeah, we're kind of talking," again. and she just goes, "Okay, that's fine. If you want to date her, fine, but I never want to hear about it."
0: Ever. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, but, but that's why I'm dating her so that I can have
1: stories. <laughs> and I feel like all of our guy friends were just like, Oh, Luke, what are you doing? No, 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 but I get it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there is this, this kind of like a, uh, there's a weird thing with dudes where there's this like unspoken camaraderie. That's pretty easy to build. Like, let me put it this way. I was on, I was on Instagram the other day, just wasting time. And I saw an Instagram, like in my feed, showed me this one video. This had to be guys in a college dorm. They're all like running down this hallway screaming. And then this tiny, cute little duck is following, like running and following them. And then there's a pause. And then they all like run back the other way with the duck following them. (laughs) And I started laughing. And I was like, like, this is exactly the thing that me and my friends would do.
0: Oh, a hundred percent.
1: Like this is, yeah. Like I could want, like, that is such a thing that we would have, that we would have done. And that's the thing about being a dude that I love. Yeah. It's just things like that where it's like, oh yeah, you know, like (laughs) just, and, um, (laughs) <laughs> I was at the airport last night and there's this one and like, it, I just, man, I felt so bad for like, there were a lot of college kids who were traveling at this labor day on weekend or whatever. And so you saw like a lot of them were like stuck at the airport. Cause like all, all the flights were grounded and no flights were allowed in. And there's this girl with like three or four guys. They had to have been college age and they were trying to like move to the spot where they could basically sleep. And you just hear her go, no, no, I'm not doing that. And like, she like, i walks away. And they're all just like, they're all just like, you know, kind of hanging out going like, this makes sense to us. And then she just goes, follow me boys. And they're like, okay. And they just follow her up. Like, <laughs> man, this is what happens when you get like a bunch of guys who are like, really like, just like, I don't mean like, I'm a nice guy. It way. I mean, like, they're like, they just, have, they just had a vibe of like good, solid, uh, Good, solid dudes, and here was this pretty strong-willed girl who was just like, "No, they're like, okay, if that's not what you want, like, <laughs> just try to be nice."
0: <laughs>
1: and I was like, "Yeah, I get that." <laughs> like, it's just, it's, and I'm not saying that, like I'm, women don't don't have it. This is just from like a male perspective. But there is this thing when you kind of talk about like like male community is pretty. Easy in terms of what most people want, it's not very <laughs> uncomplicated.
0: Nope, not at all, not even remotely.
1: Yeah, you just kind of want to like hang out, do some fun stuff, laugh a little bit, go,
0: go your separate way, maybe break something, get home in one piece. Yeah, it's funny yeah. that reminds me of Bill Burr, where he talks about <laughs> like all those initiatives during the NFL and Major League Baseball and stuff like that, where it's like. Now we're going to, you know, now during this pause during the game, we're going to stand up to cancer. So stand up everyone in the stadium who's lost someone to cancer. And Bill Burr is like, what the, what the hell is this? He's like, come on, I'm trying to enjoy a ball game. You know what this is? This is women in sports. They don't like (laughs) the fact that men are so simple minded that we could sit there with a beer and a slice of pizza watching a football game. And we are perfectly happy. <laughs> he's like, they got to come in and they got to ruin it for, you. you know, there's some woman <laughs> in the NFL who's sitting there being like, you know what we ought to do? Recognize victims of cancer and their families. And it's like, yes, that's important to do. <laughs> and he's like, they're ruining it. Cause they got to multitask all the time. They just can't be happy.
1: <laughs> it's, simplicity sure is the key to, I to I happiness. I actually agree with that. But I would say that, I, yeah, you're right. I do think there's a, <laughs> Again, I don't think it's like a woman who is doing that. But I will say that I, I think <laughs> there <laughs> No, no, I, I think with with everyone in general, I think we have a hard time just letting things be. Or yeah, understanding no that it's okay for a thing to just be simple, to just be unique, that in the NFL, like I think it's great to wanna to bring attention to certain things or to certain causes but there does become a point where it feels more like a platitude than an actual thing. Because I think, and a lot of time that's really just like, this is what I think Pope Ben is talking about when he's like, if it's, it's in this is document truth and charity, where if you have charity, not based in truth, it comes across as um, a sentimentality. And I think why the, those things like, again, like, I think oh, I'm raising funds for for cancer is good. Raising a raising like awareness about about cancer is good. It's just weird to do it within like a three minute time span of this other thing that I am doing, and so it actually isn't giving that stuff the serious uh, attention that it that it needs. And so I think a lot of time that's why that, that stuff tends to come across as insincere. Because it's like, this is a good thing. This actually just is the wrong time to go about this, or it's too yep. serious to be given this like 30 second, you know. So I, I don't, I would not agree that it's like a thing that like all the women are doing, but I would say that it's no, like, as no, a, I didn't mean as, to like, imply that. Why would you think I implied <laughs> yes, that? <you> Luke? Did. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no because you're, no, the you're greatest, enjoying the- your hard turn to, to, to the right as you make content <laughs> uh, no the alt right <laughs> sorry sorry are you a step away now from saying that like women aren't funny <laughs> i like my right
0: the way i like my rock alt alt alter alt <laughs> that was a bad joke I didn't lay it at all <sighs> no 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 i'm just uh i, I think it's funny of uh, like, letting things be and letting things just be that thing and how often, like, we can't. And I think in terms of, I'm half joking with the whole men and women thing, but you think in terms of, like, like marketing-wise, someone has to, well, you know, let's do this. And it's like, but that's not our target demographic. Yeah, but it could be and it should be and we need to do this thing. And it's like, no, but that's not what this thing is. And it's, like, just let the thing mm-hmm. be its thing, you know, and this part of it is the capitalist uh, obsession with growth right or you could say the the Mm -hmm. market's obsession with growth that you know that leads a bud light to make the errors that it does it's like well it's frat life and it kind of has an inappropriate culture and so we want to modernize it and you know whatever and put Dylan Mulvaney on the you know selling it and stuff like that and it's like well yeah but it's a frat beer it's it's crap beer that'll get you drunk if you have enough of it which is why they do it Right, this isn't a connoisseur who's like, well, "Let me think about life issues from different perspectives." Right? <laughs>
1: exactly, and yeah. so
0: it's like, just let the thing be its thing. But no, we need growth and new markets, and we pretend like, you know, you actually care about trans people and women's issues when really you're just trying to exploit a new market. You know, it's just funny to me. Like that, we do this stuff all the time. We just can't let the thing be the thing.
1: That that is interesting. Well, and that's one of the things like about the internet that I think is actually super dangerous. Is that the internet like forces growth?
0: Yeah, and it like become something.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so then, in order to like, what people now want, I don't know. It's it's. I've been I've been I'm, I've been giving this a, a, a lot of thought because of uh, the course I took over the summer about the choices that you make. Like, what are the what are the strategic choices we're going to make for not only what we're going to do, but how we're going to do that? Because those feed into like each other and sometimes you can be some like people get so obsessed with like the whole like tech bro stuff, which I I kind of think there's a little bit of like a backlash to that backlash to that now, which I'm fairly glad about because I think that I don't think that's that. I think there are some really good stuff about all that, you know, wanting to create great things, wanting to envision on markets or products in a different way. All that stuff is really good, but it can become, you know, things can become t- too much after a period of time, obviously. And, um, I was listening to this podcast from Acquired on Costco, going through the history of it. It's more like the business history of Costco. Why are they a um, a success now? And what Costco will do is they will trade high growth, which is what a lot of your extreme tech things want to to be able to have, and a very high annual returns for long-term stability. So Costco can weather a recession. It can, or like any type of a boom that maybe doesn't fit what they do. They can weather all of that because they choose to grow by 10% every year. And that's what they're going to do. And they'll be around for decades because of that. And I'm accused of some people of being a borderline charity, like some of their investors, some of their major investors, people, I think they're, they are a publicly treated company but they've been accused of like putting the customers on the first like this like why are we acting like this like a charity where everything is done with what's what's best for them and they said yeah that's what we do if you don't like it like you can um, sell your stuff like we're not going to change that because that's the choice that they have that they have made and i think it's really tempting to be uh, all or nothing and i i think just going going back to the idea of like we need to grow, so we're going to be willing to change who we are and what we do. Even if it, even if that doesn't, oh, if, even if that doesn't align, it's clearly dangerous. And this is like a business example, but I think it applies to life too. Where now, like Bud Light, you know they try to kind of like capture some of the woke stuff with their branding, and that's not their that's not their brand. And I'm not even going into like was it I'm a right or wrong for them to do that. I'm just saying this is just like what what happened. And now you've seen this dramatic decline that's really impacted. They've had to sell off on certain things. They've, they've taken a huge hit because of that. And just to kind of bring it back a little bit, I guess, to the Catholic faith, there is this thing where you can get trapped in this, like, growth. Sometimes the way that we define growth is always viewed as, like, a progressive thing that is, that is linear. And in the spiritual life, that's not what growth actually is. Right. Sometimes it can be a step back. Sometimes it's just like, I'm a healing. It's a different perspective. It's, it's a change. It's not this, like I was here. now I progressed this far. Look at how I, have how I have grown. I don't know. I, I just think it's, you I just pivoted from Costco
0: to spiritual growth like that. But I mean, like, like, like that,
1: l- like look at what Costco's doing. That's, That's why I'm so like infatuated with, you know, Costco most people will say you can't have, cause like in the grocery business, I remember when I worked at Dorothy Umley Market, the owner of the company, like he sat us all down in the beginning and goes through like like the history of the organization and like what their business uh, approaches. And he said, you can either be, you can be cheap, you can have high quality, or you can have great, great, like I'm serviced, but you cannot do all three things. And yeah, what Costco totally. has done is they found a way to do all of those things, but it's at the expense of extreme growth. And but they're willing to trade that because they've got long-term stability now. And mm-hmm. I, to me, that's fascinating. That's so fascinating because everyone else that you talk to, they you know, people want to see like you hear like a lot of venture, and this is again, this is the point of like venture. Capital, as opposed to a thing like the S&P where they want to see a 10 times return. They want to see like like a 100X return on their investment. I think that has led to, that's creeped into so many different parts of life where it's like you're either like the biggest thing or you are dead in the water. And there are other, there are actually other alternatives.
0: Yeah. And the saddest thing with the marketplace is it's not just actual growth. It's the expectation of growth. Like when Apple released Mm -hmm. the iPhone, Like, characteristically, the best time to buy Apple stock was every time they released a new product because Mm -hmm. even though the product was revolutionary, I mean, we're talking about the iPod, all the different iterations of the iPod, like the major iterations, the iPhone, the iPad, whenever it was coming out with these things, their stock would plummet or dip, I should say. It Mm -hmm. was because investors would say, yeah, that's great, but then can they really pull it off again? Can lightning really strike twice? It doesn't even have a physical keyboard like my BlackBerry, right? And then that lightning would strike twice. They would sell, you know, Apple sold in one quarter what all in just the iPhone sales in all what all of Microsoft was worth in a year. Like when you think about that kind of year over year, quarter over quarter growth, like that's insane. And so, but the, so like their stock kept tumbling and then it would grow and grow and grow because you can't negate reality. And then it would tumble again. And so it's not just growth, but like, oh really? Oh, so they're going to create a new market called the tablet. Yeah. Right. And then they create a new market called the tablet. Right. So you have this, this interesting effect that I hate. So it it was in 19, I'm trying to remember 1940 something, I think is when that phrase shareholder value comes first right that took root in like as like a as like an axiom of american business like american corporation Mm -hmm. big business was like no the shareholder value must always come first or we exist for shareholder value during but that is dangerous when it wounds the actual company and that's what happened to dell that's the famous story of dell where they realized they could look more and more appealing to shareholders If they sold off part of their company. And so what they do on their balance sheet was they kept selling off all of their assets, which were, you know, at the time, liabilities, all their production, their factory stuff. And they were outsourcing it to this Asian company that could do it far cheaper, build on demand. They got really, really good. And then one day that Asian company gave itself a name and entered the U.S. marketplace because it used Dell to figure out how to buy custom PCs on demand and ship it on demand. And that company is called Asus and they were Dell's number one competitor and destroyed Dell computer because Dell now had no factories and they were competing with the very people whose factories it was. But on the balance sheet for a decade or more, uh, it looked like they were killing it, right? Because their their the, the amount of their expenses was plummeting. They were selling off factories and all of this stuff. They weren't paying a labor force. They were just paying for the price of goods and all this stuff. And all of a sudden... Asus Asus destroyed him, And so one of the things that Michael Dell started doing was, and I, I lived in Austin at the time, so this was like everyone was talking about it. Michael Dell began buying huge chunks. I think he ended up, he has more than majority share, but so many people do this. So many owners who's like, my company has slipped through my fingers. And now we're serving, you know, the board of directors is forcing us to acquiesce to shareholder value. And shareholders usually means, the top five institutional shareholders Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and that's what and and Mm -hmm. many of them are activists right they want to get involved they want to disrupt they want to do all these different things or really they want to make a quick buck so they want to force pump and dump and all that stuff so yeah it's a very it like this is part of the sickness of capitalism in many ways activist shareholders that mindset of shareholder comes first before the customer before the employee Like I think those are dangerous tendencies, which is why, I didn't know this, someone showed me these handful of Catholic companies, and one of the things they do is whenever you belong to the company, you get shareholder value, and the average person is like, nah, I don't want that, and they're like, no, 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 you need to have this, because when we do good, you do good. It's not just a job, this is now a vent and so shareholding can be this powerful, enabling empowering process right but it but it Mm -hmm. often becomes people who just want to get rich off the value of the stock whether you know they shorted or whatever independent of the actual health of the company and that's what apple's kind of story illustrates
1: yeah yeah so we have some 10 minute topics today huh yeah, no, I was like, man. I mean, if you want to go down the hill and, and just become a tech podcast, you know, I'm more than willing to do that. <laughs> do you? Let me. Okay, let me just ask ask you this really quick, and then we can pivot to the ten minute topics. Yes. Yeah. Do you think I, I'm pessimistic about the Apple headset thing? Do you think it we're wrong? I, think I probably would put us both in that camp of being more pessimistic than than optimistic about i forget what it's called um, apple vr headset oh uh, what is it called yeah what is forget, that called?
0: <laughs> apple vr headset
1: is called vision pro okay do you think uh, are we wrong do you think that's gonna explode I haven't, heard any, so, I haven't heard a thing about it since the announcement
0: yeah since the announcement because no one has one it's, gonna, it's oh. gonna be about a
1: year or so right
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna put in my email address right now. Why did I just say my email address? (laughs) Do you want Joe to bleep that out? Yeah, yeah, Joe. Can you bleep? Do me a favor, bleep that out. You know, there's a little button called Mark Clip. I'm gonna mark that right quick right there. So uh, (laughs) I signed up for Apple Vision Pro notifications, but like, it's such an incredible technology. But I I still think it's it's too early. It's, I, you know, I don't think, and, and the headset's one of those things where it's like, you have to try it in order to get it. Cause you know, when I was at Robo's house and I put on my first headset, I was like, Oh my
1: goodness. But
0: yeah, I just, I just don't
1: know. I'm just, I'm not convinced that the human that are like human nature will ultimately accept that.
0: It's cool. So, the uh, things that I like about it is they tried their very best to make it lightweight. It's still heavy, but to make it lightweight on the head. So, they move the battery pack to your belt and you just put it in your back pocket. The the headband and all that stuff, everyone says, feels incredible in it. You know, it doesn't feel like it's oppressive. And the fact that it's weird that they have a screen on the outside that shows your eyes Mm -hmm. I think that's weird. But I love the fact that they have, you don't wear headphones, it has projection audio. That's in, uh, uh, like in front and slightly above your ear that projects it downward into your ear. And I like that because it they are trying their best not to cut you off from the world, right? That's really what they're trying to do. And the problem with VR is you you are the only one who experiences it. And so they're like, okay, well how do we put glasses on someone's face but let them see the world around them mm-hmm. you know and let the world around them not just disappear. And so I appreciate that level of thoughtfulness. Hmm. But,
1: you know, I still think it's weird. Yeah. This is the last thing that I will say really, really quick. So I'm out, I'm out on West and I love being out West. And I I really wish that I lived out West, even though I really, I'm actually building up a community in Dayton that I really do love. So, which is very encouraging. Uh, So thank you, Lord, for that. But I will say, like, this reminds me, anytime I'm out west, I get a lot of like 2009 to 2013 or like 14 vibes, because that's just like what my life was. Yeah. And that period is kind of the end of a lot of your technological product growth of like, you know, iPods, iPods, well, crap, Luke, iPhones, iPads, uh, everything, like, everything was so, it was so exciting and so new. And so, like, this is, and it was kind of all, it was definitely out, I mean, I think like out west we had a lot of like early adopters, and that that tends to be the case where it's on the you know the west coast and the east coast are where a lot of your early adopters of things exist. So in my mind, when I'm here, there's just this like tech vibe almost, which is super weird to say out loud, but it's just because from my from that period of my of like my life, that's what was one of the real exciting things. So anytime I come out here, I get that like, oh, that's right, like this stuff can be really fun. <laughs> and kind of like excited but i just forget like but there really hasn't been a lot in the past 10 10 nope. years or, or so that for me that's i've gotten super pumped about yeah. really that hasn't been a thing yep not way. even apple watch not to the level of like the iphone right right no i'm so, right there with you i want my jetpack or nothing <laughs> before we pivot to 10 minute topics, should i talk about my my dumb phone oh yes let that be topic number one ding 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 ding. All right. Do you want to? Can you do the timer? Yes, sir. Go. All right. Do you want to keep it to five minutes? All right. So, your boy Luke got a T9 phone. Holy cow, Luke. A dumb phone, a flip phone got rid of my iPhone, and it's been incredible and insanely frustrating at the same time. I want to change. I want to get an iPhone like now, and I never want to go back at the same time. That's so funny. Yeah, like so. Trying to get an Uber, not not very easy. Uh, I lost all of, all of my contact. Having to type like it's like like it's a phone straight out of 2006. So I'm having to do the T9 like or whatever. Like it's just it's a text totally phone. cumbersome way to text. Like it is really frustrating. At the same time, I'm not. Even, I feel like something has been exercised from my life. Wow. Truly, I, I cannot. It's like. I can, there's just this, pe- now I've been also doing a lot of like therapy stuff and like other things that like probably are playing into this and I'm eating much better. So I figure this is all part of one big thing. So, but I will say within 30 minutes of putting my phone into the trash, there was just this peace of mind that I had not felt in a very, 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 very long time. Huh. I can't, I can't, I don't know what, again, it could be like a, a combination of all of these things, but. I think mean, one of the things that's going on just with, like, the divorce and everything that's been that's been happening is, like, the iPhone was a great way to escape. It always has been. 20 minutes, you know, like, all of a sudden, I'm on Instagram, and I'm looking at, like, these reels, which, are, again, like, a lot of them are great. And sometimes it's like, oh, scroll, scrolling through that one as fast as I can.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Or I, You know, I did not ask to see that. Um, but uh, it's, like five minutes here, 10 minutes there, I'm on Twitter, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then it, that all adds up. And I feel like it's like my mind has been attached to this thing of like, what's going on? What's going on? Let me check and see what's going on really quick. It's like my mind has always kind of just been somewhat attached and interested in what's happening and wanting to use my phone to explore that. And now that option is cut off. So it's like my brain can finally rest. I, I don't, I don't know how else to put like, it, cause again, it's, I don't think like, it's not the, like, five minutes that's bad. It's the five minutes 20 times a day.
0: Yeah, right. And that's what people don't think of, the doom scrolling mm-hmm.
1: aimlessly, repeatedly. And it's all gone now. It's all gone. So, and having to use my phone, having to do it, having to engage with it constantly for everything, it's completely gone. Wow. Wow. And there's there some, I mean, there some major inconveniences with that. But, like, with Everly, when we're in the car, we're talking more in the car. We are yep. singing songs t- together. She's playing a bit more. She's not screaming. Like, I feel like I'm a b- b- bit more present to her. I'm able to read a little bit. A lot. Like, it just. Yeah. It uh, There will be. I'm sure I'm going to have to go back. Just because, like, so much of, like, things with Uber and. I, don't, I mean, I use Uber a ton. But like, okay, let me just be clear. It's an inconvenience. It is an inconvenience and it is harder to do stuff. So I'm sure at some point in time I will. But for me, I'm taking two grad school courses right now. I'm still getting used to life as like, you know, kind of being on like on my own with like with Everly. I've got a job and I've got the podcast and I'm trying to build, you know, like and like have community too my time is maxed out beyond belief right now and the phone this takes away any temptation to add another thing to that that i don't really need it's like i um listened to a podcast while i did the dishes It was the first podcast i had listened to all day and i enjoyed it so much more (laughs) so much more
0: isn't it amazing yeah i was listening to this guy talking he said if you're doing work at home take your phone and or if you're with your family like put it in the other room silence Mm -hmm. it and put it in the other room and he said you will hate it but it's it's the most freeing thing you can do is when you come home it goes in a drawer and it's turned off or whatever and it is funny because it's a tether right there's Mm -hmm. always something more it plays into our FOMO there's always something more attached to this like this this metaphorical rope to our brains our attention like I know at any minute I can stop talking and watch a YouTube video and laugh and go, that's funny. And that's (laughs) it. And I'm willing to trade time from my family, from my job, from my Lord, Mm -hmm. my prayer life. I'm willing to trade Mm -hmm. all of that for, "Huh, that's funny.
1: Totally. Totally. Uh, What have we become? It like, well, and I, I could actually see me getting to a point where I get a, a smartphone and I get a low data plan on it and I'm like, Hey, so if I'm going out, like, you know, like me and Brian, we're going to go get, we're going to go get some drinks on, on a Saturday night. We're going go to go some really cool yeah. bars down in Phoenix. It's like one thing, one thing that I'm going to, I was actually talking with my sister about this. I'm obviously going to spend the bulk of my time with her and my mom and my family, but um, me and Brian, we're going to go out for, for, for a bit. There's some, I've never really explored like down to town, Phoenix. All that much. Cool. Uh, Any time that we would go out, it was, it was typically out in Scottsdale, or before Emily even met Brian, it was out um, in Tempe. Or actually, I, I was with Emily the night she first met Brian. It was really, really funny. So he he's good friends with Emily's buddy Quinn, and he, Quinn wanted her to meet Brian because I'm her, her saying like Quinn wants me to meet some guy. Him and his girlfriend just broke up, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> And uh, and so I met him for like five minutes. It was really, it was, was, yeah, it was really kind of funny. And like, that was a night. It was me and all of Emily's gay friends. And so (laughs) we're at this bar, and there's this guy, this really nice guy. He's like, you know, maybe 120 pounds. And we're talking, and he just goes, You're just so big. And like, give me a hug. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you telling me that. I was like, That's a great story. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So, uh, but like, Anyway, so like when like we go out, like Brian's gonna have to like call the Uber and stuff, right? And so, and I feel kind of bad about that. So, oh, that's awesome. Uh, then he has to pay for the Uber. Well, we, <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, but uh, so I could see me get to a point where like, hey, when I'm out doing certain things, I'm gonna like, I'm, I'm going to want my phone because for like an Uber or I want you know. Um,
0: if, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's super like, trying, convenient.
1: You know, yeah, but I, I could see me get to a point where like, but when I'm home, it's a smartphone and this phone is turned off and it's gone. Yeah. I'm only going to take it with me in certain, but like, I don't, I really like it kind of horrified. And I've, I've always like worried about this, but it's been like, well, that I listen to too many podcasts. And then anytime I go outside, I've got a podcast on. And now I've just been going outside and I've just been not been listening to, to anything. And it's yeah. like, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. But I remember like talking with Kevin Hyder about this when he was really pushing me to do it a couple of months ago. He was just like, you were able to get around before, you'll be able to get around again like you're like he's like like we 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 were able to we were able to exist just fine without these things and i do think there's something sorry
0: you i mean you're bathing yourself in constant dopamine hits they they talk about boredom is necessary Mm -hmm. to reset your dopamine system and man i mean like working from home my biggest temptation is not my phone my phone has i mean like i've done the doom scrolling plenty of times but my phone is principally the source uh, or my computer is principally the source because i'm sitting here i'm in my office door shut i actually lock my door because my kids have the temptation to come in and out too too often so my door is shut you know and i'm on here and i can very easily open up youtube go you know and just lose myself in the music the moment i own it and uh and it, it it's true it's like there's always something. This is the attention economy. There's always something ready to steal your attention. Yeah. And it, and like Mafred said to a friend of mine when she said, What's the difference between me reading on my Kindle and you reading a book? He said, Because the book isn't acting on me. I'm acting on it. And that phone is always acting on you. Mm. And mm-hmm. I think about that all the time when I find, uh, I mean, I don't want to be a dick. And I know some people are going to take this in a rude way, but. When I find that parents give their kids phones, they're not training them on how to deal with boredom. They're training them they're not training them on, on anything like when you go out to dinner, I get it, right? Sometimes you just need a night out so you bring the app. But it's different when you bring your phone and you let your kid use it while you're trying to have a meaningful conversation. That's a totally different thing than all the kids having their own and I'm talking for little little kids, you know, their own iPads with their own headphones mm-hmm. and they go to the restaurant and they're just watching TV. Like there comes a point where that is detrimental. Now every people have different use cases. I'm not criticizing you, but maybe I am. But the the thing is, like we we learn how to become adults by watching and being around adults, and even by making mistakes and getting corrected by adults. And it's when I, I was in mass, and the lady handed her child a cell phone during the homily, and my kids were fixated on that cell phone, and and I'm like, guys, you're not even allowed to look at it. Go sit on the other side of mommy if you need to. Um yeah. That was like maybe 2 years ago. But um that uh, that never like then you're not training your kids and you're giving yourself an out. But it, an out for what? Now you're not creating memories with your kiddo. You know, like yeah. I love going to restaurants with my kids. I do.
1: It sounds dumb, but I do. I'm not there yet. <laughs> In about 3 or 4 years I think I'll probably won't do any more. I tried to do it once. And I was like, "Nope, (laughs) we're not doing this yet." (laughs) Fair enough. That was approximately
0: ten minutes, Luke. That was approximately ten minutes.
1: No, 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 no. But I wanna add, like, I agree with you. I I, I agree with you. Like, I'm with you. I'm I'm just saying, like, no, I was just like giving an example of like I think when there's three and it's just you, it's a little tough. But um, I was trying to be. I was trying to. I was not trying to criticize. No, I
0: I I get it. It is. It is very tough because it's easy. Like think about kid this is the the book we talked about a long time ago the world beyond your head by Matthew Crawford his whole point is he was talking about the VTech thing mm-hmm. um you know all the little kids toys made by VTech you know you push a keyboard it looks like a keyboard key and it you know plays a song and it, and he said my daughter's addicted to it like crack and he was saying because it gives you the feeling of agency when you're a little kid but you don't have agency cuz you're too you're too mush right you can barely stand you can barely you keep these fingers and hands operating I mean, the same, you know, the way that they should. Yeah. And he said, so these technological interventions, we think they're good because we think like, oh, look, it's teaching you how to act. It's like, but what's happening on the device is not actually reality. So by giving this to kids younger and younger, we're teaching them to interact with something that actually doesn't reflect real world problem solving which is how they build their mind-body-world connection. And so, yes, they can become super handy with an iPhone or with an iPad. And, you know, all, we all know that technological skills are important, but having hand-eye coordination is more important, and that is done through it interacting is- with things in the environment, especially at the younger age. And so um, talking about it with, oh, gosh, who was it? I can't remember. There was this child psychologist who was talking about childhood development and they are like having tactile things in their life is and playing is the most important thing because they're like understanding human social, social ability, right? So they're interacting with mom and dad. They're inter, you know, they go too far, they hit someone, they do all this stuff. That's all about learning how to interact socially and how to interact with the world manipulating the world around you. And their brain forms. With their muscles and their hand motions and their motor skills, fine in general or gross, all together. But when you just have fingers tapping screens, it's a totally different, like part of your brain that's interacting. And so that that muscle memory kinetic interaction with the environment just falls apart. Falls apart early. And so uh, yeah, that, so that's the that's the danger. We all know it sucks because it's so easy to hand on the phone. I would love mm-hmm. it if you handed your daughter your your new t9 cell phone
1: i i'm not kidding when i say i have the urge to wear jeans that are a little bit big on the bottom some blue tennis shoes from from like american eagle and a and a track jacket while well, i am using this because it is straight up 2006
0: <laughs> you got your jinko jeans on
1: <laughs> yeah man am i still upset over like a breakup for 2005 who knows <laughs>
0: <laughs> who knows but there's a gallon of ice cream that says yes. <laughs> how is your apartment coming along? That's part of the thing of divorce that I think is hard for people to imagine. Like yeah. there's the emotional toll, there's all this but then it's like and there's a guy that we went to college with who also recently got divorced and I'm friends with his younger siblings. And he he posted a picture and this is how I realized he got divorced on Facebook of Hey, I'm starting to turn my apartment into, you know, resembling things that I care about. I actually went out and bought a couch. And what do you guys think? And give me your feedback. And, you know, this space says me all over it and all this stuff. What 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 is your thoughts with your apartment?
1: Yeah, um, I am actually growing into it. That is really hard. That is actually like that's actually. Yeah, that's a real. I remember yeah. hearing a joke on. Um, Bill Simmons podcast. He was talking about when his when his parents got a divorce. You remember his dad, like barely having anything in his apartment, like living room, and just there being like a can of Coke and like like pizza box and a couch and a TV, yeah. and that was it. And I'm like, that's actually pretty real. Yeah, a which is time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say it's actually it's funny that you say that because my you know my Chris Miller when his parents got a divorce when we were in middle school, I remember going to his dad's house who lived in my neighborhood a little bit like the back end of my neighborhood and just being like compared to his mom's house, which was of course fully furnished with a two income. I believe they were still married when that house was bought, but um, you know, it's like one's fully furnished and then you go to the other one and it's like, here's a couch, here's a TV, here's a dinner table. And then everything else is bedroom furniture, you know, like here's a bed, like that's it. No, and i remember we didn't thinking, have a couch for a while yeah <laughs> yeah
1: <Okay, laughs>
0: just, just didn't have one how many no. how many people in their 20s have never or 20s or thirties? i remember uh to a podcast dude in his late 40s uh john Syracusa saying i've never bought a couch before all my couches are hand-me-downs but i just but the, the other day me and my wife watched this funny video of uh that woman that i because of barbie movie shoe on head that i, I, I said she's crazy She's flipping insane, but she read uh, – she reviewed men, Bachelor Men's Apartments, their home setup, and it's like <laughs> a TV on the floor, a PlayStation on the floor, and a fold-out camping chair, and it's like nailing it's, it.
1: <laughs> that's pretty close. Yeah, I mean – so, yeah, I, it's been – that's actually – uh me kind of start at the beginning. That was one of the hardest parts because, like, you're bringing a lot of emotional baggage into that because you're having to rebuy your entire life. So I made a deal with myself, particularly in the very beginning – Oh, of course, my headphones, these things die. I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> can you hear me? I need to see that. Yeah, I I've can got hear 10 and 12%. Okay, okay, sorry. I've got 10 and 12%. Oh, well, wow. That should I'm, be 20 I'm, minutes. On my headphones. Yeah, okay, okay. So, um, blah, 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 blah. Like, it just, it's actually like, that's like emotionally really, really, really difficult in, in the beginning. And it's like emotionally triggering and it's like horrific. Yeah. Um, So it's one of like the hardest parts of it is that because you just every every single thing is a reminder. Every single thing is a pain point because it's like you oh I need to get this I need to get that I don't have you know I don't have a drainer I don't have a pan I don't have this I don't have I need to get that Oh my gosh, it's overwhelming you know. And like I remember going to Target and spending four hundred dollars and being like I don't what am I going to (laughs) do because it's like you're spending so these are all things I had to have yeah. And I really tried to be intentional about buying new things. So a lot of goodwill shopping, yeah. a lot of, um, lot of stuff on Facebook market, just about everything in my living room up to a certain point was like bought secondhand. The TV, the all, everything where I store Everly's toys. Um, I had, I mean, actually this, this is still the case. My wifi router. <laughs> And um Mona bar on top of a huge cardboard box, <laughs> 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 but it's like I've gotten so used to it, I don't really care. But uh, and my mom actually did end up buying cash because I was like I, I was going to get a um, because like also like, like one of the one of the one of the challenges is like you, all of your money is going towards other other things. Yeah. So you know you've got spousal support, child support, which again happy to do, and then you're paying for like lawyer and all this stuff. And so it's like you don't actually have a ton, and you can't go into debt you can't like um, at the time I, I want to say I couldn't take out any, I couldn't go like um, there's a lot that you can't actually do uh, because you, all of your like financial on all of life is basically frozen or tied up. Yeah. So, you're spending like a bunch of money on stuff, and you don't have, and you can't, there's you don't have a you don't really have a ton of options. So, I got used to just not having a couch, and I was like, okay, well, eventually, I'm going to want to get a used couch. And there's also, and like, inflation's been a huge, huge challenge with all of this as well. And so, my mom ended up like just getting a couch because she was like, I don't want everybody to have, like, have a dirty couch, and I was like, all right, and so <laughs> no complaints here, yeah. I was like, I was just gonna buy like, you know, like whatever thing, but yeah, it's it is now slowly coming together. Like I bought this really beautiful cabinet to go under. I bought this used TV. I got for really cheap and I'm, I'm, I have a specific style that I'm going for. I was able to get some really cool artwork. I bought a lot of used frames. I mean, to, I mean everything I've been buying has been coming from Goodwill for the most part. And I like, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build a part. I did like, I use the golden ratio for one part of my wall and I had this image of, it's a super cool. I wish I had like a, picture of it for the show it, it is an art nouveau slash um art uh, like art like deco drawing slash painting from the 1920s it's, i think he was a priest who did things in that style it's of the blessed mother holding christ as a child i forget what it's called but it's really cool i have that as like the main point it's like it's like the face of christ and like and um and Mary and then my idea was going or going around that I want to show like from Christ and her, and, and from Christ and from Mary comes culture. Mm. So that's like at the center and then I'm going to have some on um, the saints kind of around there and then on like the outside will be things like got a really cool thing I got, I got a from it's a poster for inside like Lewin Davis a great japanese piece of art that i've always liked i mean this is all like a i'm a reprint i got off of like etsy for very very cheap this cool ballet image i got from france for like nine bucks and then this other poster that's a i've had this for a couple a couple years now it's in a style that i like and it's of it's of i like win donovan's goal at the 2010 world cup against algeria in extra time it's in a really great style and so that I'm like pretty. Excited. I'm going to be adding some more stuff to that. I got a lot of it from um, a lot of stuff that I've used or things I either got from my like really good buddies uh, Don and Aaron Merrick. Aaron Merrick, I talked about it before on podcast. It's a great, great store on Etsy of like cool. I think it's on, or on her her, her her website. It's some really fantastic artwork that I just adore. She made the Balthasar um, thing that she gave to like me and Aaron a, like a while ago so I have a couple oh, of like things cool, images yeah. that, that like she made that I just I think she's just so so talented so I'm really ex- I'm really excited about all that and I, I'm getting more stuff Everly's room is still pretty bare I really messed up doing her curtains so it's like the curtain rods are like a little bit bad and there are holes just everywhere because I was trying to find the right place she kept <laughs> she kept tearing them out of the walls man yep. like, this girl she just could like she is so athletic and strong. She was just like ripping things off and I was like, my God, are you related to Mighty Mouse? <laughs> I but mean she at one said, point. Mighty time, Mouse is related to me. Yeah, exactly. What? At one point in time she was I couldn't I think I told her before, but I, it's just so crazy. I was like going through the camera trying trying to find her, and I couldn't, and I was like, I was terrified and so i like opened up the door and i heard this banging she's behind the curtain standing on the window ledge banging on the window <laughs> and this was like and it was far from her bed she stood on the railing for her bed leaned over and got herself onto the uh the window ledge kids are crazy. I was like and so, yeah, it's definitely like that's a, it's a really hard thing, but now it's at the point where it's getting exciting because it's starting to come together. But it, I've been there for like, I've had the apartment for over a year now. Um, yeah. So it definitely took, took some time, but like her room is really great. It's pretty bare bones because again, she just tears everything apart and loves to jump off of things. And, but you know, I'm, I'm getting more stuff in terms of like, uh, just, it's, 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 it's tough. You got, you going to rebuild from scratch, but it is kind of exciting too, because you can like your friend, like you can actually kind of create something that you want. And now that I'm a bit more older, I have a like deeper understanding of like the kind of space that I want to create, like my final, I need to get some, like, now that everything is done, I can kind of get stuff from the house that I'm we agreed that I'll, I'll have that'll add to, that'll add to, um, everything i've got but uh, like the biggest thing i need like i've got like a bookshelf that i need to get and different things like like that it's actually been really cool to buy things like this, is, this sounds so podcast It's been really cool to buy things used but it really has been there's a i found some a great place called st st i'm francis what's it they're called they're like a catholic used furniture store and I found some great stuff in there. Cause I have a, a specific style that I'm going for a little, it's like, bo- it's like I'm going for a bohemian Gothic with a touch of mid-century modern. Um, You're basically
0: recreating want. a mad Men apartment or office.
1: Got it. Yes. It's yes. It's it's like, if like, if like mad men create a thing with your like artsy weird friend who had like really cool eyes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, it uh, yeah, it's it's definitely hard, but like you've been, you and all like our buddies have been so supportive during that. And, and like Aaron's been great about that. Like my mom's been incredible. So I have, so I have my sisters and my friends. Like people have really gone out. Like when you see people's, hey, like you need this, clothes for Everly, really, just different things. Like people have really gone out of their way to like make sure that I have the things that I need. It's been tremendously helpful. And I feel very very blessed. Yeah.
0: So, well, that's still so not man. where I want
1: to be yet, but it, it just it just takes time. Was that right. very depressing
0: no no I think no 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 why would you no this is just one of the things that people don't think about when they think about divorce Mm -hmm. and they and like my next life what is what is the new normal gonna look like and it's like I came Mm -hmm. from a home that felt warm and was put together and you know all the furniture has you know potentially has history of us and then I walk into a place that has to have history of me or me and the kids or whatever, you know. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for someone who lives in the same house, that might be bittersweet having or bitter having a, our furniture instead of just my furniture. Because everything then has a story, right? Yeah. But then the the kind of converse of that is, yeah, but at least you don't walk into a cold, empty Apartment with apartment beige walls and contractor grade everything, and mm-hmm. having to look at this while you're going through the most heart-rending moment of your life and saying, you know, you know, you look around and you're like, this is my life now. It's just empty, and that's not fair. Yeah. Or or yeah. You know, regardless mm-hmm. of fair, yeah. And I don't think we think about that stuff for people who are going through divorce and who you know what whatever you know the cause, especially like spousal abandonment. I have one friend whose wife just didn't come home from work one day and they have you know a oh, bunch of small kids and she didn't come home from work. she didn't return his phone calls. she sent him all to voicemail and then she before he called the cops to file like a missing person he was like, "Hey, this is me, I'm alive. We're done and that was it and that was like one of the last like he or his kids ever heard of from her until years later she moved back and was like, "I'm getting married you're like what and she's like sign the divorce papers we're getting I'm getting married and he's like they weren't even legally divorced you're like so for him every piece of furniture was painful reminder and for her she had you know okay. lost her damn mind it was out and about but for the the dad who had you know it's commonly the dad who has to separate from the primary domicile and get an mm-hmm. apartment or get a house I just remember how. Like for some, like you can't have people over, or it's very difficult to. When it's like, hey, come over to my house and sit on a milk crate in a cardboard box,
1: you know. So <laughs> yeah, some people's social yeah. life
0: dips down, you know, and so yeah, my my heart just goes out to you with all that, and that's why we wanted to contribute to, especially to Everly's bedroom with the IKEA yeah. gift card and all this stuff. That was um, really
1: that was that was clutch, man. That was so clutch. It really
0: was. yeah. You know, it's like, how can we help Luke, you know, uh, while still giving him errands to run? I know, an Ikea gift card.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How can we make sure he stays busy, yet he gets what he needs? (laughs) What's going to be really tough to go and get on your own? (laughs) Ikea stuff. Let's go. It'll be funny to see him try to navigate those cards by himself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. No, but it was. It was really like, I remember like I cried. I think when you guys got up from me, I just like, no, I mean, I'm not like, I don't think I bawled, but I definitely was like, did oh you cry gosh. more I,
0: or less than when Captain America caught Thor's hammer
1: uh, on par
0: <laughs> life <laughs> imitates art imitates life. You holding that Ikea yeah. card was likened to the time when Captain America caught Mjolnir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, can you believe that we got choked up during end game? What losers? <laughs> Well, I'm happy like, we didn't do 10-minute like, topics today. <laughs> I know, right? My context fell out. I was <laughs> the tears in my. Oh, eyes. that's hilarious!
0: <laughs> well, we got in a good uh, hour plus of content, and this I is, think, yeah, I, uh, you know, my
1: an older episode.
0: Yeah, I'm. Well, two things surprised me. I didn't know you got a dumb phone until yesterday. Well, because I, 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 well,
1: because I wasn't getting. Um, I mean, honestly, the texts are so cumbersome, and I don't like know anyone's number. And I wasn't, and like, it's been weird with iMessages too. So I've I've disabled iMessage where hopefully I haven't gotten. So if there are any group text between us and the guys, I'm not getting them right now. If there's been any in the last 24 hours, I haven't gotten one.
0: Yeah. So don't worry. That's why I sent those (laughs) YouTube shorts in (laughs) the the mail or in your email in the mail. Yeah, man. Uh, So there is a video I'd be curious for you to watch. There's a lawyer who's a divorce lawyer. And he he wrote a book called like a divorce lawyer's guide to having a successful marriage. And he is like super brutal. And there's a YouTube channel called soft white underbelly. I've only seen them do videos on like Appalachian poor people, but he goes through. He has this. <laughs> did story. not you expect to
1: say the I expect you to say that. But Here we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he goes through this, this divorce attorney. He's brutally honest he's a new york lawyer so you know it's that kind of attitude and i don't think there is a better yeah yeah exactly what are you doing over here stupid no he's not from brooklyn but uh, i don't think there is a better defense articulation maybe not defense but articulation of um the modern view of marriage because he tells people don't ever get married just live together just bang each other you know blah 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 um and uh like this guy like it's incredibly brutally honest about marriage and life and um last thing and then there's a a a life hacker talk that he gave like maybe six or seven years prior to that video maybe even longer look kind of old where he talks about male toxic masculinity as it relates to divorce and i found both very interesting to sit and the same guy doing both um I think I watched one book tour on like good morning America or something with him, but his insights mm-hmm. were, I mean, I think important, but one of the things he said, which made me think of it was divorce devastates men. Men are punished by the courts, all of this stuff. He said after life, after divorce, when you have a man coming home to an empty apartment or an empty home can wreck them emotionally. He's like, but if they can rebuild their lives, he said, generally speaking, even if they don't have the kids and they want the kids, men's lives will tend to be better after the initial devastation and women's lives do not get better even though women file for divorce eight times out of ten or seven times out of ten and he just made that comment you're like oh wow and so his his thing is like to use these statistics to kind of like make people open their eyes to like yeah this is the reality and he accepts i'd be curious what you what you thought of those videos yeah maybe i'll definitely watch that yeah, but if it's not your cup of like, if it's too raw or whatever, then
1: screw it. No, no, no. I think I'm at a point now where I'll, I'll either like. I mean, there were definitely times when, like, um, I don't. Know, I I think when, I, when, when when everything was going bad, I remember you, Adam, and and Maggie, all said, "Man, you're handling this better than we thought you would." Not not like in a bad way, but just yeah. like you're not like an emotional um, wreck. I, I remember like, yeah, I know, right? Weird. And there definitely when the, like the split actually happened, like where yeah. it got, I was like, let's like, just like, I would get to the apartment and just cry and yeah. just, I, t- I remember being in my bed at night and just like, just, just like being like, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this happened. Just like convulsing, like in, in tears almost. But I found that like what for me what started to happen was I would get overwhelmed and I would need to be upset and cry pretty much for about like 10 minutes. And then I'd feel like 20 times better afterwards. So it's like, it's not so much as there were things that are triggers as much as it was things would like build up that I needed to like, uh, I needed to release that in some capacity. And I could definitely see how like your environment, your apartment, the life afterwards, it's everything is such a devastating reminder of it all. And like every, like, like it's almost like when like a person dies, all the unimportant things become very unimportant and things that you're trying to manage that like aren't working out. You'd be like, I'll deal with this later. Like, so I'm okay if this part of my life goes to hell because I don't even give a crap about this right now. I will deal with that later. It does, it does not matter. And I can definitely see how you're saying all that guy stuff. Like you need to rebuild a bit. how that can actually, that can make a huge difference over time. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so I found that for me, I need to realize what type of place I'm in in order to watch things like that. But for the most part, now I'm in, I'm in a spot where it's not that big of a deal. Okay, good, good. I'll send you the links. This was a good episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do we have any sponsors to thank? Not for this one, no. no. <laughs> but if you do be- <laughs> People give us money. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> head on over to <laughs> patreon.com CF. When you join, you get merch if you pay a certain amount. So don't be stingy. Get merch and realize it's not uh, fulfilled by us. It's fulfilled by Patreon.
1: So you'll actually get it. Yeah. And we'll go, wait, why is our amount so low So so low this month? Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah, oh, that's right. People actually are getting their stuff. And Patreon charges a premium. We're very happy, though. We're very happy to have that community. Um, honestly, we do this show for the people on Patreon because they give us the most feedback and uh, are the biggest fans. so um, if The you Discord feel like be great, too. Yeah, if you it's feel really, like... Oh, it's yeah, the thriving. Discord there, everything. So if you feel like you want to be a super fan, head on over there, help keep this show alive. You know, <laughs> let's see if we can get Luke out of cardboard boxes is really what I'm saying. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I just imagine <laughs> that one time... Eventually, I'll come over. You'll have some amazing job where you're working in advertising and I'm going to show up at your apartment and you're going to have a sunken living room with a couch that runs the whole sunken part and then <laughs> right some some trendy weird avant-garde jazz music will be played and then a woman in a miniskirt will push over a alcoholic beverages cart and i'll have one of those big crystal looking decanters that my parents had you know what i'm talking about those crystal they look four <laughs> out of the
1: yeah four out of the five things that you just talked about are very likely to happen. I won't say which four. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Luke, we'll Congress, I'm going to repeat understand. what your manager at Dorothy Lane Market said. You can have three out of the four. Go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> zuby zuby zuby.
0: <laughs> oh, Fat Betty. <birdie. laughs> I, I did an episode of State of Life.
1: Fat <laughs> Betty. Yep. Oh, Fat Betty.
0: I didn't know the the original version of that song. I had never heard it before, and it came on the other day on like a YouTube clip. The original version. I was like, oh, "That's like Fat Betty." <laughs> <laughs> good times, good times. All right, Luke. Well, on that
1: note, bye, bye. Oh, frat bird All right, guys. God bless y'all. <laughs>